You are listening to the World of Games Podcast. planet earth what is happening everybody how was your weekend mine was a-okay it was pretty good let's see i was just fiddling around before i started to hit the record button and i i never check my analytics or anything like that uh with my youtube channel let alone on anchor by you know and uh, i i just don't really care about analytics <laughs> to be honest with you but I was looking right here, and it seems that there is a lot of you out there. And I just want to say hello and thank you for stopping by. First off, I'm scrolling around here. <laughs> What's unique about Anchor's analytics is you can actually see, I think I mentioned this before, that you can see other where people are actually listening from. And, uh, you know, it gives you a list of countries and stuff, and and you can actually click on a country and break down, at least in America, you can break it down by state. And uh, it seems, and I'm just going to throw out some shout outs. Got to support the listeners as much as they're supporting me here uh, for tuning in. But right now, in the lead, so far is Ohio is still in the lead. Ohio has shown the biggest love so far this whole time. So shout out to you guys. And let's see, where in Ohio? Oh, wow. Well, there's a lot of you all of a sudden. Columbus is the number one. Hey, shout out to Columbus, man. That, that was a rough scene they were doing over there, man. I hope they clean up that city. That's a, that's a, I heard that's a really nice city. So hope you guys can get that all straightened out. Some areas I've never even heard of, but I'll just go right, right through it real quick. Xenia with an X. Uh, you're checking in. Cleveland's still around. Cuyahoga Falls. Tip City, Washington Courthouse, Batavia, Massillon, <laughs> oh boy, I'm botching it, Massillon, Dayton, Delaware, Reynoldsburg, Versalis, I hope I got all those right, if not, my apologies, but shout out to Ohio, man, there's a lot of you, you know, there was another thing that I came across as well, another state that really kind of shocked me, let me see if I can get back to it real quick. It's funny, when you go to geographic location, it shows you all the planets in the solar system. And, of course, 100% of them come from Earth. So you click on that, and United States, and I'm going to click on California. All of a sudden, California came alive listening to my podcast. So shout out to all my Callies. One, two, three. You are in sixth place. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it seems... Out of the top five, one of you is in my hometown where I'm at right now. So, I better watch what I say, right? <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll just uh, give a shout out to all of you. Fremont is checking in. Home of Tesla and all that good stuff. Mountain View, home of Google. And, uh, no, that's in, I'm, I'm thinking of Apple. They're in uh, Cupertino. Uh, Newark. That was my old stomping ground, San Diego, Fresno, 
Fresno. Shout out to Fresno. Hot as fuck out there. San Diego, big shout out too. Oh, shout out to all my people over there in Otay Mesa in the South County. I lived down there for two years taking care of my father. Uh, Bonita, California, uh, Imperial Beach, PB, all you guys. I walk all around there. Imperial Beach, I know you all. Chula Vista, Lemon Grove, National City, and shout out to all my Raider Booster Clubbers uh, out in National City in the Bonita area. Shout out to you. Uh, let's see, who else? Hemet, Los Angeles is checking in. Salinas, Yuba City, Sacramento, North Hollywood, Iowa. <laughs> North Hollywood. I owe a parking ticket from 19, I think it was 91, I still owe. I think it was in the 90s. It was in the 90s or was it the 80s? I remember going to the Viper Room, me and my partners. We, we took a trip down there and we went to the Viper Room and we parked somewhere in North Hollywood. I parked it legally and I got a ticket and I never paid it. I said, fuck them, what are they going to do? Come up here and arrest me. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Ventura, Ridgecrest, Santa Ana, Loma Linda, Whittier, and Lawndale. So yeah, shout out to all you guys, man. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And of course, there's a lot more of you guys out there. In the U.S., Massachusetts came up. I don't know where that came from. Cambridge. Hello, Cambridge. And Lowell. All right, guys. Well, there you go. I, I just wanted to do that real quick. I mean, there's a lot more out there, but I'm going to take a break. I got a big Monday coming up. I am going to talk about a couple, a story, a few stories, and numerous stories that had jumped out over the weekend and this morning. First, I'm going to talk about, of course, some Gavin Newsom business real quick. Try to blow through that. And it seems the Hill's reporting that uh, of his handling of opening of schools. <laughs> so I'll delve into that. As well as a, he seems that he is going to go ahead and release 76,000 inmates into the community. <laughs> so there you go. And I'm also going to read about what Caitlin had mentioned in regards to the whole transgender girls in women's sports. And she says it's unfair. I'll tap into that. FDA. They want to bend menthol cigarettes because, I don't know, it has something to do with racism. I may or may not jump into that if I got the time. Disneyland goes woke. They're changing rides and, and making them politically correct. As well as, what? oh, this is a great one. I found this pretty funny when I read it. I'm, I'm going to save this one for last. It's just pretty funny. And it, it's pretty much, it's coming from Evie Magazine, and the title is Over 50% of Liberal White Women Under 30 Have a Mental Health Issue. <laughs> so I'm going to read that and delve into that much more. It's too much already. All right, guys, I'll be right back. Hey, guys, take a moment and visit my homepage. Click on the support button and drop your boy a couple extra cents and let me know that you care. I really would appreciate it. And now back to the nonsense. All right, guys, let's get right to it. I feel enthusiastic today, so let's get right to this newsome nonsense. And this is coming out of the hill, and the title, I don't know, I don't believe it, but give them the benefit of the doubt, majority of likely voters approve of Newsom's handling of school reopenings economy poll. Uh, I don't know what the economic benefits are to the reopening, I'm looking at it right now. I don't, I guess, unless you're lining the pockets of the teachers, that's the only thing I can see. 
A majority of likely voters in a new poll say they approve of California Governor Gavin Newsom's handling of school reopenings and the state's economy as he faces a recall election after this year's fueled largely by his response to the coronavirus pandemic. 59% of likely voters said in a Public Policy Institute of California, PPIC, poll that they approve of how Newsom has managed school reopenings, while 40% disapprove. A similar 59% said they approve of how the governor is, quote, handling the issue of jobs in the economy, unquote, while 40% again disapprove. I think that number's really low, uh, too low. I think it's more like over the 50% mark as far as his handling of reopenings, job reopenings in businesses. The results are split sharply along partisan lines with 80% of Democrats, 56% of independents, and 21% of Republicans approving of his handling of school reopenings. I'd say that's kind of a, uh, you know, I've always said that the, the state of California is more along the lines of 66% Democrat and 33% Republican. But see, I think we kind of discount the people in the rural areas like, for instance, Modoc County and everything which are more conservative up there. So uh, the numbers are, I, I don't know. I, I just don't trust any census that comes from California. Uh, when it comes to the economy, 84% of Democrats approve of the job Newsom has done compared with 52% of independents and just 17% of Republicans. Still, the poll is likely good news for Newsom as he stares down the prospect of getting recalled. Recall proponents have pointed to the governor's school and business closures in their arguments that Newsom's policies have set students back and tanked the economy. And let me tell you something. I got a, com I got a story coming right up, right after this. And uh, it's another argument why this guy, this guy needs to be recalled. You're forewarned. Quoting to me, the significance around schools and the economy can't be overstated. Unquote. PPIC President and CEO Mark Baldessere told Politico. However, first reported on the poll, these are really two central challenges, big problems the governor has faced, and today most people are with him in terms of how he handled these issues. The PPIC survey is the latest to show Newsom in a strong position heading into the recall. A March survey from the independent California-based firm Probloski Research found that more would vote to keep Newsom than unseat him. First off, where do they conduct these polls? Where are these polls handled? In all my years on planet Earth, I've never ran into a pollster asking me my opinion. I've never even heard of these people. Maybe they're reputable. I don't know. Probloski Research, never heard of them. Don't know who the hell they are. I don't trust polls. I don't base my decision on polls. Neither should you. Polls are just, I think they're just more along the lines of tools for politicians, you know, to kind of get their you know, approval rating higher than it actually is. Ask Hillary Clinton. Everybody said she was a shoo-in. Look at her. She's still in the woods running her mouth. You know what I mean? So polls, I don't believe them. The recall election likely to be held in November will ask voters two questions on the same ballot. First, if they would like to recall Newsom. And second, regardless of how they answered on the first question, with whom they would like to replace him. A cavalcade of candidates have already tossed their hats into the ring to replace the governor should he be recalled, including former Olympian and reality television star Caitlyn Jenner, businessman Kurt Cox, former San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner, 
and former representative Doug Oaks. I think I was in living in San Diego when Faulkner was around. His name come, it really jumps out at me. I'll have to listen. Um, you know, and in all fairness, uh, because we all know Caitlyn Jenner or Bruce Jenner, whoever or whatever you want a title. I, I don't know. I'm not going to go there. But, uh, you know, she's got star power, right? She's got her, she's got notoriety. Um, but I think it, we should listen to everybody. I think that's very important. So make sure uh, we listen to everybody, you Californians, before we just jump, you know, jump in feet first. All right. The PPIC poll surveyed 1,104 likely voters from April 1st to 14th and has a margin error of four percentage points. Wait, wait, you have a state of 44 to 45 million people, give or take 10 million in illegal aliens, that are registered, and you're asking 1,104 people? <laughs> what is that, like one one-hundredth of one percent of the population? What is that? What is it mathematically? <laughs> I can't take that serious. So, neither should you. Garbage poll. And now keeping on the subject line of Gavin Newsom. This is coming out of the LA Times. And it seems 76,000 California prison inmates could be released earlier with good behavior. I don't know how much validity I'm going to get out of this article from the LA Times. Because LA Times is pretty much woke too. I'll give it a shot, but this is coming out of Sacramento. Don Thompson reports, California is giving 76,000 inmates, including violent and repeat felons, the opportunity to leave prison earlier as the state aims to further trim the population of what once was the nation's largest state correctional system. More than 63,000 inmates convicted of violent crimes will be eligible for good behavior credits, that shortened their sentences by one-third instead of one-fifth that had been in place since 2017. That includes nearly 20,000 inmates who are serving life sentences with the possibility of parole. First off, they need to stay in prison. There's a reason prisons are established. It's because of people like this. Jesus Christ. The new rules take effect Saturday, but it will be months or years before any inmates are eligible for early release. Correction officials say the goal is to reward inmates who better themselves, but critics said that move will endanger the public. Under the change, more than 10,000 prisoners convicted of a second serious but nonviolent offense under the state's three strikes law will be eligible for release after serving half their sentences. That's an increase from the current time served credit of one third of their sentence. You know, and uh, that was the problem with the three strikes. I supported that three strikes thing, but when it was first written out, I believe, and I could, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that. Three felonies would constitute 25 to life. Three felonies, no matter what it was. So you could, let's say, steal a bicycle. But at that time, a bicycle, anything over a certain amount, I believe at that time it was like $1,000 would constitute a felony. If the property that was stolen was over a certain amount, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that's what it was at that time when the law was uh, established. And so people were doing these nonviolent crimes and they were facing 25 years to life for some of the kind of the most minimal shit. So in a sense, I do understand that argument. But again, you know, we're talking about violent people. We're, pe we're talking about people that committed violent felonies. 
you know, like assaults, attempted murder, sexual assaults and rape, stuff like that. Murder, <laughs> okay? We're, we're talking about some really bad actors, right? So, Gavin Newsom. Uh, let's see. The same increased release time will apply to nearly 2,900 nonviolent third strikers, the corrections department projected. So let me see. If I'm, Let me go back here for a second. So 20,000, it seems 20,000 are violent, or 10,000 are convicted of a second serious but nonviolent offense. 20,000 are violent. And what is it? What's this number? 2,900 are nonviolent. So they're, they're releasing more violent people than nonviolent people. Also, as of Saturday, all minimum security inmates in work camps, including those in firefighting camps, will be eligible for the same month of earlier release for every month they spent in the camp, regardless of the severity of the crime. Jeez. Boy, oh boy. The changes were approved this week by the State Office of Administrative Law. Quoting, the goal is to increase incentives for the incarcerated population to practice good behavior and follow the rules while serving their time and participate in rehabilitative and educational programs, which will lead to safer prisons. Department spokeswoman Dana Seamus said in a statement, additionally, these changes would help to reduce the prison population by allowing incarcerated persons to earn their way home sooner, she said. Seamus provided the emergency regulations and estimates of how many inmates they will affect at the request of the Associated Press. Seamus said the department was granted authority to make the changes through the rulemaking process and under the current budget. By making them emergency regulations, quote-unquote, the agency could impose the new rules without public comment. This just sounds like another bureaucratic department dictating law without making a law. You know what I mean? It's kind of like how Gavin Newsom did it here in California with the COVID, right? He declared emergency, and he kept declaring emergencies constantly to enact his his faux laws, his fake laws. You know what I mean? And that's what it kind of sounds like is going on right here. The department now must submit permanent regulations next year. They will be considered at a public hearing where the public will have the opportunity to comment. Kent Scheidegger, I hope I pronounced that right, legal director of the Criminal Justice Legal Foundation, which represents crime victims, said the notion that the credits are for good behavior is a misnomer. Quoting, you don't have to be good to get good time credits. People who lose good time credits for misconduct get them back. They don't stay gone, he said. They could be a useful device for managing the population if they had more teeth in them, but they don't. They're in reality, reality just a giveaway. State Senator Jim Nielsen of Red Bluff, a Republican from Red Bluff, who once headed the state parole board, criticized Governor Gavin Newsom's administration for unilaterally deciding to make the changes. Quoting, he's doing it on his own authority instead of the will of the people through their elected representatives or directly through their own votes, Nielsen said. This is what I call Newsom's time off for bad behavior. He's putting us all at a greater risk and there seems to be no end to the degree to which he wants to do that. California has been under court orders to reduce prison population that peaked at 160,000 in 2006 and saw inmates being housed in gymnasiums and activity rooms in 2011. The U.S. Supreme Court backed federal judges' requirement that the state reduce overcrowding. 
The population has been declining since the high court's decision, starting when the state began keeping lower-level felons in county jails instead of state prisons. In 2014, voters reduced penalties for property and drug crimes. Two years later, voters approved allowing earlier parole for most inmates. Before the pandemic hit, the population had dropped to 117,000 inmates. In the last year, 21,000 more have left state prisons, with about half being held temporarily in county jails. I don't know. I see them running around the streets now. In the last year, I've been seeing a lot of characters. I think they're more out in the streets than they are anywhere else. Meantime, officials announced in mid-April that they will close a second prison as a result of the dwindling population, fulfilling a promise made by Newsom. The California Correctional Center in Susanville. Now, I've heard of that place. There's a lot of bad actors around there. I've heard some pretty bad uh, characters go into Susanville. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't visit the place, so I don't know. Just saying. The California Correctional Center in Susanville will close by July 20, uh, 2022. Officials announced last fall that Dual Vocational Institution in Tracy, east of San Francisco, will close by this October. Jesus, they're closing everything. Many Democratic lawmakers and advocacy groups have been calling for further releases or shorter sentences. Californians United for a Responsible Budget, for instance, in April said the state should close at least 10 more of its 35 prisons. I don't see any responsibility there whatsoever. Just You're just endangering normal, hardworking taxpayers who just want to raise their families in a nice, safe environment. And you got these jackass, progressive knuckleheads doing this kind of shit. You know, it's it just, and they wonder why businesses and people are just leaving. And they're paying, and the people that are staying, like dopey me, are, you know, pay the taxes. <laughs> the crazy high taxes. I mean, that's, for me, this has got to change. Seriously. All right, so I guess Caitlyn Jenner was asked how she felt about the whole transgender girls competing in women's sports, and she had her opinion, and she stated it, and she thinks it's unfair. So I'm going to read this right off of USA Today. Originated, it looks like, I think it was TMZ that originated, but it's coming off of, uh, reading it off of USA Today from the Associated Press, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so... Here, out of L.A., Caitlyn Jenner, the former Olympic champion and reality TV personality, now running for California governor, said she opposes transgender girls competing in girls' sports at school. Jenner, a 1976 decathlon Olympic gold medalist who came out as a transgender woman in 2015, told TMZ Reporter on Saturday that it's, quote-unquote, a question of fairness. Quoting, that's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls' sports in school. It just isn't fair. And we have to protect girls. Sports in our schools, Jenner said Saturday during a brief interview in a Malibu parking lot. It was Jenner's first comment on the controversial issue since announcing her candidacy to replace Governor Gavin Newsom in a recall election. Five states have passed laws or implemented executive orders this year limiting the ability of transgender youths to play sports or receive certain medical treatment. There's been a vehement 
outcry from supporters of transgender rights. First off, let me just say, <laughs> I'm, there, there's this continuous pattern of governors throwing around executive orders without it going through the state legislators. It's, it's I mean, we're talking about tyranny type of stuff here, dictatorial type of lawmaking. I mean, that's, that's how it's coming off, man. Jenner, a Republican, supported Donald Trump in 2016 presidential election, but later criticized his administration for some discriminatory actions against transgender people. Many transgender rights advocates have criticized Jenner, saying she has failed to convince them that she is a major asset to their cause. You know, hold on. When I read that sentence alone, many transgender rights advocates have criticized Jenner saying she has failed to convince them that she is a major major asset to their cause. That's the problem I have, because first off, uh, I got a friend from like way back in the day. I've known him since grade school, and I think it wasn't until he was in his 40s that he actually came out and became transgender, all right? And he he absolutely agrees with Jenner. Okay, so these people that are criticizing Bruce or, or Caitlin, excuse me, uh, about all this, they're not the voice. They don't represent the whole LGBTQ community. You know, just like any other demographic out there, there's always that one small percentage that has the big mouse that try to come out like they represent the whole community, which isn't true. My partner, you know, he's he's he came out late about this whole transgender thing, like you know, like Bruce did or Caitlin, whatever. And uh, you know, he agrees. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to think you're going to have a grown man competing against women like that. It, I, I I can understand the fairness. You want fairness. This isn't being fair though. So I agree with the decathlete, the former Olympic gold medalist. Okay, I would listen to that person than I would to a bunch of unhinged, far-left, uh, LGBTQ, whatever, all right? They don't represent the gay community or the transgender community. I would listen to somebody like Bruce, I mean, Caitlin, over these people. Just saying. Hey, guys, take a moment and visit my homepage. Click on the support button and drop your boy a couple extra cents and let me know that you care. I really would appreciate it. And now back to the nonsense. All right, I wasn't too excited about doing this news story, but what the heck. You probably or probably not have heard over the weekend that the FDA wants to ban menthol cigarettes <laughs> from business owners. And it seems like the woke cancel mob is coming after the tobacco company, or specifically menthol cigarettes. Uh, Asheville, North Carolina, WLOS. On Thursday, April 29th, the FDA announced it is working towards banning menthol cigarettes and flavored mass-produced cigars. Health officials say the move is expected to improve the health outcomes of certain groups more likely to use those products. <laughs> Locally, the ban is being applied by some, while some business owners are questioning the purpose of the ban and feel their businesses will take a hit. And before I go any further, they will. Because when they started doing that shit in, in San Francisco and the city started banning flavored, I think it was like e-cigarettes and stuff like that, and, and tobacco as well, um, businesses did see a decline in revenue. So 
Yeah, it, they will take a hit. A medical official in the mountains say this ban would be a move in the right direction, but he emphasizes that all the cigarettes and tobacco, not just menthol and flavor types, that are a deterrent to people's health. Quoting, I appreciate the push to ban menthol cigarettes. I think most importantly, the emphasis should be the entire community that cigarettes and all forms of tobacco are really unhealthy, said Mission Health Chief Medical Officer Dr. William Hathaway. Quoting on, we know that there are carcinogens excuse me, in cigarettes independent of the menthol. We know that any form of nicotine, whether it's smokeless or cigarettes themselves, it's really bad for your health. It causes cancer. It causes vascular disease. The FDA says banning menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars specifically will help save lives because taking them off the market would help reduce the chance of young people starting to smoke. Well, here's something to think about. How about you start tackling what's really killing youth out there these days, and that's homicide. Not the cigarettes, but the homicide. Why don't you guys start focusing in on you know, deterring crime in our streets rather than trying to deter menthol cigarettes from going into people's hands. I mean, that's a good start. Let's, let's go to the root cause of why people are dying out there. And so here they go with their quoting. The, the, check this out. I read this. This is, this is nonsense. This is where it goes woke right here. Quoting, banning menthol, the last allowable flavor in cigarettes and banning all flavors in cigars will help save lives, particularly among those disproportionately affected by these deadly products. With these actions, the FDA will help significantly, significantly <laughs> reduce youth irritation, increase the chances of smoking cessation among current smokers, and address health disparities experienced by communities of color, low-income populations, and LGBTQ individuals, all of whom are far more likely to use these tobacco products, said Acting DA Commissioner Janet Woodcock, MD, in a statement. I just want to know if Miss Woodcock, when was the last time she was in these neighborhoods, first off? When was the last time she's kicked it in one of these liquor stores and just started taking notes on who's buying menthols and who's not? You know what I'm saying? And if you're going to tell me, oh, it's kind of, you know, it's market statistics, they're doing it. That's bullshit. I'm not buying it. It, it just sounds like bullshit. You're just going to hit the small guy. It's just going to hurt the small guy in the end, the business owner. People have a right to choose what they want to smoke. They want to smoke weed, smoke weed. You want to smoke cigarettes, smoke cigarettes. You want to smoke cigars, smoke cigars. You know what I mean? If you want to smoke a dirty diaper, that's your choice. I don't give a damn what you smoke, but why You know why are you taking away what little bit of freedom a person has? You know what I mean? In the U.S., it is estimated that nearly 18.6 million people currently smoke menthol cigarettes. But FDA statistics show that out of all black smokers, nearly 85% smoke menthol cigarettes, while 30% of white smokers smoke menthols. I don't see that. I really don't see that. I see, I mean, when I used to smoke, I smoked them. If you had one to give me, you know, if I, if I needed to bum a smoke, hey, you, if it was a menthol, I'd tug on that thing. Who cares? I didn't know that, that cigarettes had, like, labels, like, <laughs> racially. I, I know they had warning labels about, you know, the dangers of smoking. I didn't see the one about the whole racist angle to it. 
Uh, are they going to start printing those on, on the side of cigarette boxes? Uh, I don't know. It's fucking stupid. As for flavored cigars, they are disproportionately popular among youth and other populations, according to the FDA. Uh, they're not disproportionately popular among youth. The tobacco themselves, they like the paper it's wrapped in. <laughs> it's called blunts. They roll their weed up and smoke blunts. That's why teenagers are buying these so-called flavor cigars. They don't smoke the tobacco. They just replace the tobacco with some good old-fashioned marijuana, all right? <laughs> That's what's going on. Nearly 74% of youth aged 12 to 17 who use cigars say they smoke them because they come in flavors they enjoy. In 2009, the FDA banned all flavored cigarettes besides menthol. The agency says the ban's effective effectiveness may have been undermined by continued availability of flavored cigars, which is why it's moving to ban those now, too. The proposal isn't getting a warm of a reception from some mountain business owners through, like, Brooke Salhell. Salhell is the owner of a Tobacco Plus in downtown Asheville. I believe that would be, what, North Carolina? Asheville? Shout out. Uh, as well as two other cigar bars in the area. She said the ban could be determined detrimental to many business owners who rely on those sales, particularly after a year that's already been tough. Quoting, they are popular products. People buy them all the time. It makes up a pretty good segment of our business, Sal Hall said. I think that the timing is really unfortunate. We're still recovering from the pandemic. Our numbers for 2019 compared to 2020, we've already taken a 40% loss last year. She also questioned the need for the ban, pointing to recent CDC data, which shows that between 2019 and 20, the U.S. saw nearly 1.73 million fewer youth tobacco products users. As for teens who do want to smoke, she said this potential ban would likely not deter them. Yeah, I know. I mean, back in the day, you know, when we were underage and we wanted to get some beer, we'd just stand in front of the store and, and give a guy a couple extra bucks and buy us a six-pack. I think they'll, they'll just do the same damn... They're doing it already. You, you see kids... I've been poached by kids a lot. Poaching for, for some adult to get... You know, want to buy them some beer or some tobacco. So, that's nothing new. It's still going to go on, so... I don't know. She also said that this is a decision customers should ultimately ultimately be able to make for themselves. She said the federal government continues to tighten its grip on the tobacco industry, and it has her worried for the future. Quoting, I'm very concerned about what is going to happen next, Sahal said. I think all we can do is wait and watch and continue to advocate when we can. This is just a proposed ban. The FDA is still working towards issuing those specific standards. The potential ban would not impact personal possessions of these products, just sales, manufacturing, and imports. All right, so, you know, just another reason to quit smoking. I'm glad I did a long time ago. Shit tastes better. Shit smells better. I mean, come on. And what are, what are packs of cigarettes going for these days? I heard it's like 10 bucks or something. I mean, I heard about that like, what, five years ago in New York. I think they were close to 10 bucks. But I think now they're, they're almost like 10 bucks here in the Bay Area. They probably are. That's probably the most expensive place to live. So that wouldn't surprise me. You're just better off. Just, just quit smoking. Tastes like shit anyway. All right, coming out of my local woke rag, the SF Gate. Disneyland's new Snow White ride adds magic, but also a new problem. 
and this is written by Katie Dowd and Julie Tremaine of the SF Gate. And it starts off, let's get this out of the way first. Snow White's Enchanted Wish, the revamped ride that replaced Snow White's Scary Adventures in Disneyland, is really good. The attraction preserves much of the charm of what originally opened in 1958 at the park's debut, but gives it a more cohesive storyline that's true to the 1938 movie. It also adds in the movie's biggest problem. Disneyland reopened Friday after more than 400 days, and wait times for Snow White's Enchanted Wish were consistently the highest in the park all day because people were so excited to see something new at the park's opening. Jungle Cruise, which is also getting a remake, is still closed. What are they doing to Jungle Cruise? What are they going to do? Like, inject some unicorns or something into, into the ride? I mean, what are they going to do? What can you do to it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ride, one of Fantasyland's original attractions, got a major upgrade with the new audio and visual technology installed throughout, including LED black lighting, laser projections, new music, and new animation system. The colors are punched up in a major way, and the new imagery is stunning, especially in the scenes where the Seven Dwarves are mining for gems. Those scenes are reminiscent of Seven Dwarfs' mine train in Walt Disney's World's Magic Kingdom, a thrill ride that also includes similar glittering mine scenes. You know, and I'm looking at these still pictures of what it looks like, I guess, and it, it looks pretty impressive. I have to admit, it does look really nice, really colorful. The best part of the remake, though, is that Disney's Imagineers still retain some of what made Snow White's Scary Adventure so iconic, namely the scene where the evil queen is looking in her magic mirror and turns around to reveal a terrifying old witch instead. Now, if my memory serves you right, I haven't been to Disneyland in a long time, but that particular scene they're talking about, isn't that where the, it's like animated, or it's not animated, it's, uh, what would you call it, it's robotic, it's a robotic imagery. But here, it looks like it's all animated. I'm just putting that out there. I don't know. It's been a while. Quoting, You're still going to feel a lot of suspense. Dave Canarsie, manager of creative development at Walt Disney's Imagineering, said in a statement shared with SF Gate. Quoting, The evil queen is still there outside the attraction opening the curtains, but there's a warmer, inviting feel that's drawing you inside, and now it's Snow White's journey. The scary, quote-unquote, in Snow White's Adventures was a divisive tone for a kiddie ride. Some felt it was much too scary for small children, especially because many scenes were very dark and used jump scares. The sight of screaming, crying children exiting the ride was not uncommon and perhaps was part of the reason why Snow White often had some of the shortest lines in Fantasyland. First, first off, I can only speak for myself when I was a kid. But I used to love going to haunted houses and these type of dark rides. I love that stuff. I love getting scared. You know, it, it was just kind of one of those, when you're like about five, six, seven, eight, it's fun. It's something you'll always remember. Haunted houses too. You always remember those experiences that jumps right out at you. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think there was a problem with the ride itself. I think there was more of a problem with the parents bringing their little three-year-olds or four-year-olds onto the ride. Uh, you're going to, you know, if you're bringing a, a child that really <laughs> doesn't know what's going on, it's just kind of like looking at the world like through colored lenses, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of off at everything. 
and you're taking a three or four year old into a dark, scary ride, yeah, you're going to have some crying babies, crying toddlers, you know, that's just, a, that's a given. So, I mean, if you're just changing the ride because you felt disturbed that children were crying, uh, that's your hangup. You know, I, I prefer, you know, if my kid goes on the ride and gets scared, okay, guess what? The kid's not going back on the ride again. All right. That's just that. But to, to change rides just because you feel that you were scaring too many children. If you're going to change the ride just because of that, then you're kind of diminishing the ride itself. Now, if you want to add on to it, like, you know, great visuals and audio and stuff like that and music or whatever, fantastic. But to take away from a ride, that's just ridiculous. And they're doing it. I think they're actually trying to do the same thing with Splash Mountain. I don't know. I heard I heard they're going to actually take that all away and then revamp it into some uh, animated movie. I guess Dis Disney had. I think it was Moana. I think that's it. I I've never seen it, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what direction they're going in that way. But hey, Disney, right? They got the money. Uh, but for adults, I'm reading on, but for adults, it was the primary part of the ride's charm. It felt, uh, see, they agree. It felt oddly inconjurous, incongruous. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt that. In the lighthearted world of fantasy, the queue had a dungeon scene, an apple that went touched, crackled ominously, Jesus, what's wrong with me, and the most abrupt ending of any ride in the park. The evil queen falling to her death with a scream, followed immediately afterward by the door swinging open to the ride's exit row. <laughs> well, so there it goes. So basically, they made it less scary uh, because they were tired of seeing uh, young children coming off the ride crying and screaming because their parents put them on the ride at a very young age, let's be honest. It's the parents' fault. It's not the ride's fault. I mean, put the kid on in like at age five or six, like I said, you know? Kids will love it. That's just my opinion. Right, guys i'm going to end it right here i am so goddamn frustrated i tried to read this article about how over 50 percent of liberal white women under 30 have a mental health issue i was going to read the story and then as i'm recording and going through the whole damn story they must have threw it must be some sort of clinical psychologist that's throwing out these <laughs> let's just put it this way they're like 10 to 20 lettered words that i just cannot pronounce and it really was challenging my vocabulary skills and I just said, I gave up on the whole article. If you want to check it out, it's out at evmagazine.com. That's E-V-I-E magazine.com. It's titled, Over 50% of Liberal White Women Under 30 Have a Mental Health Issue. It's actually a pretty good story. It's not a slam on, on liberal white women in any, in any way, but it just kind of addresses how mental health uh, can be an issue with people, you know, politically. If they're, you know, <laughs> so if you want to check it out, go right ahead. I am not going to attempt to read that shit again. That was just the most tongue twisting article I've ever tried to read. And I'm just going to forego on it. So go ahead, check it out. You know, it's, it's interesting.
All right, so that being said, I am going to end it today. It is running late. What time is it? It It, it, is, it is 11 o'clock, and I was supposed to be out of here an hour ago, so I'm going to end it right now. If I overlooked anything or any, any breaking news breaks, I'm sorry about that. Busy Monday morning, you know what I'm saying? So with that being said, go ahead and check out my YouTube and Rumble pages. There's a link on my homepage you can click on and go check me out. And before I go, since I didn't read that last article with you, which was probably the smartest thing to do, really. I probably would have bored you to death. I'm just going to go through and give all the shout-outs to all the states and countries that are listening to my podcast. So from America, shout-out to Ohio, Massachusetts, Washington, Texas, California, Virginia, Florida, Illinois, New York, Indiana, Georgia, Maryland, South Carolina, Colorado, and Tennessee, Kentucky, New Jersey, Oregon, North Carolina, and not Alabama. They haven't checked in yet, so I'm looking for Alabama. And one more thing, can't forget the people in Ireland. Ireland is still checking in. Very small percentage, but they're still there at 2%. And that's in Leinster. I hope I pronounced your region correctly. Leinster, L-E-I-N-S-T-E-R. What the hell do I know? I'm just some guy from America, right? So, all right, guys, that's enough for me. I am done. I got to get out of here. I'm a ghost. Make sure you check in on Wednesday, and I'll see you guys around soon. Peace out.